A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, hello, welcome to the Bells podcast tied with our other podcasts and all of the podcasts Melissa makes. Oh my gosh, it's a brand new episode of Don't Blame Me. Hi. Hi, that sounded like a Celine Dion impression, <gasps> but not like in a good way. Oh. <laughs> okay, uh, that was traumatizing. That just reminded me of when the kid in high school asked me if I'd ever seen Harry Potter and I was like, yeah, and he's like, you look like Hermione. And I said, thank you. And he goes, that was not a compliment. And I was like, okay. Rude. Yeah. And then he like tried to ask me to prom later. And one of my friends was like, don't ask her. And he was like, why? Like, she's hot now. Like, I think it'd be fun to go with her. And she was like, she doesn't did not forget when you told her she looked like Hermione. But also, it's a cute kid. No, but he meant he said Hermione from the books. And she's not described as being cute in the books. And my front teeth are quite large. 
and just know that they have gotten smaller as I've gotten old. They were way bigger when I was younger. From gnawing on things. I got them shaved down like a bunch of like over the course of like, I think maybe once in middle school, but a good like some in high school. I used to have, what do they call? I almost called them Malamars. That's like that can, that cookie from like Gilmore Girls. No, but I forget what it's called. But those like uh, when on baby teeth, those little kids have like ridges. I had that on like all my adult teeth. I still have like a little bit like because it's just how my teeth are. But they shave down a lot more of it. That makes sense for your resemblance to Amy Schumer, Amy Schumer. the kid too, because that's how her teeth are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's okay. very that much it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me and Amy Schumer, um, and also apparently me and Hermione from the books. Hmm. So nice, so nice. <laughs> I, the Amy Schumer one though is like actually, if anybody has seen pictures of me as a baby, just know that like me as a baby grew up to be Amy Schumer. Like it did not grow mm-hmm. up to be me. Like that baby is Amy Schumer. Yeah, like her even her baby looks like you as a baby (laughs) and it's funny because like i don't think amy schumer and i don't look alike at all now like i definitely think we look like we could be in the same family like resemblance Mm -hmm. but like me as a baby like i was supposed to grow up and look exactly like amy schumer yeah so funny well welcome to the podcast a brand new episode we have been doing replays for the last couple episodes because and i talk about this in this week's episode of but am i wrong I moved, then I got sick, Melissa was out of town, and then she got sick. And so we just like overlapped unwellness. Mm -hmm. We only took two weeks off of recording, but that in turn like ends up being a little bit longer for episodes coming out. It's still two weeks. Oh, like I guess I'm thinking of like there's two podcasts, so it's like four episodes. Yeah. But yeah, so we're happy to be back. What's up with you? Oh, I guess. Hi, I'm Megan. And hi, I'm Melissa. <laughs> What's up with me? I was in Arkansas for two weeks. We found out. I don't even remember which podcast we discussed scholars on. Um, I don't know if it was this one or the other one. But uh, you and I were talking about like, <laughs> do scholars exist anymore? Do philosophers exist? Philosophers. Yes, philosophers. Of course, scholars. Sorry. <laughs> everybody who's there with their little fucking ribbon sashes being like excuse me sorry. like i have my little braids i am so sorry i meant philosopher not scholar um and that's what my mom's doctorate is so Ooh. we've known one all along maybe it's about the friends we made along the way maybe that's <laughs> the real journey here yep. i died when you texted me that i was like you're like oh so it turns out like i guess it's my mom's doing it. and i was like that's so fucking funny that this is we do know i knew what the um concentration was in but i didn't know that it's a doctorate of philosophy so i didn't even know There's you could that. study philosophy in college and like i thought it was just like you can think like you, be, you become a philosopher like right. okay aristotle we have to make a marble statue of your mom. She'd love it because the ass would be so big. And she, would I was going to say, <laughs> be a lot of material. Yeah. I paid off my car, which I'm very <gasps> excited about. That's about all that's new. What about you? That's a great question. I'm still unpacking. You'll probably still be for months. That's my point exactly. Is that like it is an ordeal and. I've posted some vlogs on that, but we, it was, it's a transition from going our old apartment was like 2000 square feet, this place. Technically, I think it's like, oh, like 1200 or 1300, 
square feet, it doesn't, it feels way bigger than that. I think also just because of like the layout and the lot is really big. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that it doesn't feel that much smaller, it is when it comes to unpacking where I'm like, oh, and there I've unpacked into everything I can unpack. So I guess I should now go through and additionally purge and get rid of things. So it's a lot of like figuring that shit out, but it's been it's been really fun. It's so funny because it, it's another one of those life events that you're like, who let me do this? Like, we have no idea what we're doing. And it's like comical. Like, we are like trying to figure out how to take out these doors in the closet. And I'm getting all these messages from people who are like, yeah, just take a sledgehammer. That's what we did at my house. And I'm like, so we're all just like a bunch of toddlers playing house in these places that we own, just like throwing shit against the wall, trying to figure it out. <laughs> I mean, there's literally places where, that are called like, what are they, rage places or whatever, where mm-hmm. you can go and use sledge- sledgehammers to destroy things. So you can do that in your home. Why not? I'm drunk with power. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it's just crazy. But I'm kind of scared of you with a sledgehammer, though. Same. Because you're very clumsy. Oh, I would drop it. And I have I- impulse control issues. And so mm-hmm. that's why I'm like, I am my own biggest enabler, where I'm like, you have to do this thing immediately right now, or else you will never be happy. And this is like the thing that will solve all of your problems. You have to do it right now. It's like itching a mosquito bite. But then... If I just shut the door and walk away, I forget about it and I don't have to do it. And I know if I did all of these things that I immediately want to do like right then and there, that's how I dropped a giant glass tabletop and shattered it. Like I just am not careful. So I'm learning. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with like furnishing and like decorating. And so I've been really practicing like taking my time and researching a lot of stuff. So it's definitely like, the slowest kind of move-in we've had, but it's really exciting. And like, we have like a very large yard. Um, And so we've, we've been spending like our weekends raking the leaves and then like deciding how we're going to like change the ground here and then cleaning out like all of this like different random shit. Like we just spend every week come inside after spending hours outside, like both of us, like dirt under our fingernails and just like sweaty. And I was like, this is like so cool. Like it's I'm having lots of stress, but we're both having fun with it. It's kind of like, I don't know. It's really cool. And our neighbors have been so helpful. Like everyone sees us like out in our yard and uh, like introduces themselves like, let us know if you need any help. Like we've been here for like years. We have ladders. We have tools. We're really handy if you need help. Because I keep telling everyone like, we're first time homebuyers. We don't really know what we're doing. And all these like old people just keep offering to help, which is sweet. It's just That's it's so a very good. cool experience. And I can't wait for you to come see it. You should if you have time this week maybe or this weekend. this weekend. Yeah, I was thinking it already. But leaf raking, I just want to go back to this. I feel like during the springtime, because this is still technically spring, the leaves are out of control right now. Like, I feel like it's more so than last year. Like, every day I have to go out on my side deck and sweep off my furniture because the leaves are everywhere. My The long guy was here yesterday at six o'clock in the morning mowing the grass. Jail. Oh, it was so annoying. But, like, he cleaned up the whole yard today i look out there it looks like he didn't do anything that makes me feel better (laughs) yeah so like i'm just like i'm just gonna let it be and then just clean off my furniture when i'm sitting there because it's just gonna make me stressed out every day oh yeah our issue is that like most of our land like a a large amount of our landscaping we have a little bit of grass but like unless you want to 
break the law, you can't really have like a green like lawn in mm-hmm. Southern California. Like it's uh, it's mm-hmm. literally illegal to water every day. And so we have like in one section, it's like lo- mostly wood chips. We have and they're like treated to like, you know, not be like literally like kindling for a fire, but they're still mm-hmm. wood chips. And so then when dry dead leaves fall on it, my right. native California ass just sees like our whole house is going to get set on fire. So I'm literally individually picking that up these leaves because you can't you can't rake the wood chips because the, the leaves because they're the same size as the wood chips. And it's yeah. been like the bane of my existence. But I think we're gonna exchange it for a clover lawn, and which is like really great for mm, biodiversity yeah, and like that. bees. Yeah. And it it only grows to a certain height on the TikTok. Mm-hmm. Same. That's where I and discovered it. Looks it. Just so it's beautiful, cozy. I've heard it's like soft and plush to walk on, and like is like really mm-hmm. just like gorgeous. And one of my best friends just graduated um, from an Ivy League with landscape architecture degree, and I want to be like, oh, hi, <laughs> hello. Would you? What is your friends and family discount for a quick little um, consultation about what we should do here? Yeah, Melanie has Mel- Melanie's yard is clovers, and I was like, oh, I love this. <gasps> Can you have her send pictures? I would love to see yeah. like up close because I've seen like on TikTok and stuff, but like I think it would look really nice. And so it's just been like fun to like be on Pinterest and just like look at all of these different things. And I'm just really obviously our house is old and there's like shit that happens that we have to like figure out and like save for and whatever. But I'm excited. I don't have like any buyer's regret, which is thank God it's the most expensive thing we've ever bought. But like, yeah, it's like, I'm so every day that we're here, I'm so happy we didn't get a different house. And I'm so happy we got this mm-hmm. house because like, there's nothing that we have to change to like make it immediately livable. And it's like, everything is doable right now. And like, we just get to like dream up these projects that we want to do and then time when we want to do them. And it's not like, some of these other places we looked at were like really busy streets with like no parking mm-hmm. and like the, the one that had like n- like 75 or like 150 stairs to get up there. And I was just like, OK, this is this is nice. I'm I'm glad this is what we got. So sending, you know, good really house buying vibes to anybody who's trying to buy a home right now. Apparently it might get a little easier. Yeah, I've been seeing that. Yeah, we'll see. I'm sure it'll somehow get fucked up all over again. That's just the cyclical nature of the economy, unfortunately. I think what they're saying that is making it get better is that interest rates have skyrocketed. And so therefore, there's just like, it's less competition, but therefore it's not easier to buy Mm -hmm. a house unless your only issue was the competition. You know what I mean? But like, there's so many different factors eventually it's going to get to the point where everybody feels like they need to sell their house so they're because they think it's a buyer's market and then mm-hmm. when you, i mean a seller's market and then it'll get too saturated then it's going to crash again it just that's just yeah. how it goes yeah it's it's brutal but excited for you to see it yeah me too well that's what's new with us so this is Don't Play Me. If you're new here, we are an advice podcast where we give amazing, wonderful, life-changing advice. And you might be wondering, what do these two supermodels, scientists, and Nobel Prize winning women? <laughs> Hold on. I was going to fuck up something, so I'm just going to let you keep going with the flow. Are you being Megan today? That's a- yep. What are you looking? Uh-huh. I need everyone watch on on the video version because Liz is just talking to her, mouthing words to herself, figuring out what she's trying to say. That's me. Like uh-huh. you're being me. The short circuiting. 
I got to figure out how to uh, pronounce this word. A Nobel laureate? Laureate. Thank you. Is that one word? Mm-hmm. L-A-U-R-E-A-T-E. And then noble or Nobel? Well, I was just saying lawyer. See? <laughs> Lawyers. Laureate. Laureate. It is two words, but I was just saying it as a separate thought. That does. That is actually what I was thinking of. I was like, we're the Nobel women, but it is Nobel laureate. No, See, no, Nobel laureate. I thought you were going with Nobel Peace Prize winners, and so are those I not was the same thing? In. I don't think so. Who's Nobel? Who's Nobel? No. Does this person know. have like a Peace Prize and the writing one? I don't know. <laughs> Hold on, Nobel Peace Prize. That's one thing. I think that's the only thing there is. Okay, then what were you talking about, Laureate? You said I thought you were referencing the Nobel Peace Prize. And I goes, I was. That's why the Laureate fits. I don't think there's another Nobel. Okay, got it, got it. Okay, Oh, you sorry. meant like noble, like knighted, like yes, royalty yes, woman. Yes, 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 yes. Everybody's screaming in their cars noble being like, you dumb bitches. Nobel, noble, Nobel. Nobel. Two different things spelled the same way. You can be a laureate and you can also have a Nobel Peace Prize. We had two separate thoughts, but. Wait, no, now I'm confused. I thought Nobel laureates, Nobel laureates are winners of the Nobel Peace Prize. But you can also just be like somebody that's noble that has like has won a prize. Like, And then would that yes, also you make you correct. a Nobel laureate? A personal organization award with a Nobel Prize is called a Nobel Prize laureate. Laureate is refers to being signified by a laurel wreath. So if I just put a laurel wreath on my head, I might not be a Nobel laureate, but I am a laureate. And that's probably why when you win a film festival, it has a little wreath thing and it's a laureate. I My brain almost went to, and is that why you get lays put on you at graduation? But no, that's not on your head. No. Mm-mm. Huh. But didn't scholars used to wear the little things in their head? I think so. so. Yes. Yes. Wow. Like Socrates. <laughs> Philosophers. We really dumb. Mm-hmm. We sound really dumb, but like we were talking about two separate things, but came to the same conclusion. Yes. And also ask me any if anyone wants to say that this was a dumb conversation. Ask me about other shit. Ask Melissa about General Hospital. Ask me about anything. Like all these. Mm-hmm. We will own you. Like we, I, I know things. Right. I got in an argument with the other day about somebody talking about something on about General Hospital. And I came with a whole essay plus clips to back up my essay. Like they were going back and forth. And then I was like, let me just school them real quick. And so then I had my direct quotes as well as clips that I found even from like 40 years ago. And then they're like, oh, thank you. And I said, you're welcome. I would like to know how many awards and like karma your sub your Reddit account has received because like oh, this is on have, Reddit, right? I can tell you. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to know. With general, even with General Hospital, I had a friend that was auditioning for a part on General Hospital, and they had a scene that had the names changed, and I was like, I know exactly what this scene is. I found it in two minutes. And gave it to them so that they knew what exactly was being talked about. Maybe you audition. should be an acting coach for people trying to get on soaps. 
Like you, you could be, you could be like, they call like scripties. You would be like, not even the scripty. You would be like the Bible. Like you would be the, mm-hmm. gr- like the, the uh, general hospital Bible. And you're like, I'm here for exactly. hire. Does general hospital, do you want to hire me? Or like actors who are trying to get on it? Like, And I me. would love that because they met the new writers they have on, or they've been the head writers for a couple of years, but they keep fucking up history. And I'm like, the information's there. How are y'all fucking this up? But I digress. <laughs> I love it. I still would like to say my favorite general hospital moment with us personally together was every time I see a TV screen on a ho- like a doctor's office, I will be like, oh, this is soap opera. And I sent a picture to you. And I sent like four different, like I think it happened like three or four different times. And I was like, is this general hospital? And then you finally responded and you're like, uh, if they're in a hospital or they're wearing scrubs, it's highly likely that that's probably general hospital. And I was like, oh, fair point. No, no, no. Fair that's not point. what happened. No, it's not, though, because they have there's a hospital on all the other shows. But what happened was you sent me a clip from a guy and you're like, I don't think this is general hospital because he's oh. not in a hospital. Oh. And I said, yes, there's actually general hospital it was Peter August. He was in a cave. But yeah, um. <laughs> that you're right. That was it. Where I was yes. like, this is a soap on. I don't think it's your one, though, because he's not mm-hmm. they're not in a hospital. And there was another yeah. one where I was like, this one's not your soap either because they're in jail. And you were like, no, that is also general. Mm-hmm. It's just yes. the med. Yes. It's, and I was like, OK, I've yet to see yeah. anyone wearing scrubs. So <laughs> I feel like I've been led astray by this show. No, it's it's truly at this point, General Hospital is a lot of in the 90s it kind of they kind of changed it to a lot of mob storylines and so it got people started calling general mob mob spittal (laughs) (laughs) but like they're in the hospital a lot it's just like they're not in it as much as they would have been back in like the 80s 70s 60s the 90s loved a good mobster yeah that's so funny wow i'm never not enthusiastically in awe and shocked by the storylines on these soap operas that you will then post on your Instagram stories. Like, it's just, I get why you love it. And it also, I understand the pipeline from watches soap operas to messy TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) It's a straight line. I like everybody. Yeah, the most of the stuff I was posting on on Instagram was from Days of Our Lives, though, because that one was more supernatural. Yeah, that was like it was the, the most devil. chaotic thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like it, was... it actually got really worse, but it wasn't as funny because it was in an old lady when you were when I was posting, and now it, and then it got like down to her grandkids. They're in their twenties, so it wasn't as funny as seeing an old lady throwing a man across the table because like that shit's funny. <laughs> that was it was good. I yeah. was intrigued. Ah, uh, well, there's your weekly um... soap scoop. Soap scoop. <laughs> yeah, we're an advice podcast. We took so many fucking segues. We give advice because we fucking want to and we can, okay? And that's the reason. So if you want to you guys in, want it too, or why else would yeah. you be here? To get sudsy with us? <laughs> you want to get sudsy? <laughs> uh, so if you want to call in for an upcoming episode you can leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976 international listeners you can send us an audio message at megapodcast at gmail.com keep it under three minutes 
we ask that you write it down and time it out ahead of time. Just pull out the time wrap on your phone. Make sure it's under three minutes. You have all the relevant and important information like ages, about relationships, how long you've been dating. And if you want to let us know your pronouns, please do. But we do recommend writing it down and reading if that's possible for you, just because we can give you the best advice if it's the best call with the most relevant information. And everybody thinks that they can just talk off the top of their head and then everyone calls back and they're like, I fucked up. I'm so sorry. Please ignore that call. I'm reading this one now and this one will be better. We promise it'll be a lot. Uh, if it's within your, if it's in your capabilities, I think you will be less stressed recording too. We keep it all anonymous. Have to be, have to be, have to be 18 or over. Have you your parents' permission. Have to be 18. into your roots. Australian? No, was that Australian? It's no, but you're sounding Australian. Oh, you're sounding. <laughs> I ate the potatoes. I ate the potatoes. That's all I can say. Don't tell my dead grandparents that I was making fun of American celebrating St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> is it making fun of or is it protecting your culture? I am protecting my culture from the chats, okay? <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Anyways, we're going to give some wonderful advice. And I say that because you didn't sound convinced that it was going to be wonderful. It's going to be wonderful. Give some wonderful advice, I guess. We (laughs) will, unless we we choose chaos. (laughs) Hi, Megan. I'm 23, and I could really use your advice on a few things going on in my life right now. Um, So I'm recently single. My girlfriend and I of almost three years today would have been our three-year anniversary just broke up about a week ago she broke up with me since in a few months we would have had to go go long distance and we've been dating since we were since she was 19 and I was 20 and we were each other's first kiss first like sexual partner first everything and for the past three years it really was To me, it felt like a perfect relationship, and I thought she was the person I would spend the rest of my life with. But since we would have to go long distance for graduate school soon, uh, she is graduating college soon, and both of us are headed on to graduate programs, she felt that since we got together so early in life, she felt like she needed to become more independent, and combined with a few other factors, she decided to break it off. Um, which really sucks because I really, really do love her. So I guess I just need advice on how to move on from a long-term, really serious relationship. And since I'm going to graduate school in the fall, I'll be moving to a completely new city. don't know anyone in the city. So I need some advice on trying to find new friends in a new city. Um, I'm a really anxious sort of person. And since I didn't know until recently we were going to break up going to graduate school, it feels really scary to be moving to a different place when one of the people you thought you had in your life is no longer there. So thanks for any advice you have. Have a good day. I guess, should I just speak because you weren't addressed in this call? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe when she said hi and then it was a pause, maybe it cut out there. But, you know, but then it I'll was let you go first. Singular. Pr- then it was like you, you. Mm-hmm. And I'm there's two. Uh, first impressions mean everything, everyone. <laughs> Just right. like we're listening to these. So that being said, 
this sucks. Like this like very much sucks. I think that you seem still very much in love with your girlfriend. And I think that it's only been a week. So there are like the natural stages of going through a breakup. And I, as an outsider, the one you kind of jump to usually is like anger or like fuck them kind of or whatever. And I don't think you're there yet, but I think that you're going to kind of get there. And I think you can still really like have all of this fondness and like love to her, but like arbitrarily, like finding out that your partner is just like not wanting to do like long distance when that has like not been communicated at all. And like, it was either you were under the impression or it was like communicated before that like you were going to be long distance. I do think it's kind of an asshole sort of move. I don't think that it makes her like a bad person for breaking up with you and like kind of like launching all of this change kind of at once. But I do think like the lack of communication, I think it's very normal to feel like you're kind of floundering because it's a lot of change all at once, basically. And I don't think, though, that her like reasoning for this is I don't want to say like unique, but like it's it's so not about you. And just because you felt like, oh, this is perfect, like they're the one. I think that's probably how you feel right now. But I don't think that anybody who's dated someone since they were a teenager gets into like their late 20s and not once ever has like a thought or a feeling of like, I don't really know myself out of this relationship. Like, I think like she might have just had those feelings before you, but I don't think that those feelings, you would have never had those feelings either. I just think it's kind of par for the course for getting with someone when you're so so young and then going through all this change in your life. And I think that if it was perfect and this was the, the one and all of that, like then this wouldn't have happened. Like, I don't believe that my, the perfect person and the one I believe that like it works out. Like I don't necessarily believe that there is like one person for everyone, but I think like if it's going to work out, it will. And I don't think that like there's if you're like a good partner and like there's like it's not abusive and you care about like each other, anything else about the outcome of your relationship is out of out of your control. It's kind of just life. And so I hope that you don't think that there's like things that you like could have done and changed and I always hate the when people are like, well, it could have been worse. But to put a little bit in perspective, not saying that one is worse than the other. But I had a friend who went away to school and her partner for like, I think they were together for a kind of a, a sim, somewhat of a similar age range, but I think they were together from like 17, 16, 17, maybe until they were like, 18, 19, like 18. Um, and he waited to break up with her until when, like basically the day that she moved to college and like she was there and they were doing long distance and they maybe did it for like a couple days and he broke up with her long distance while she was there. And he always thought that it didn't really, wasn't really going to work out. There wasn't communication. She wasn't under that impression. And he thought that doing it while she was experiencing this new change would like make her feel like, oh, I'll just do this here. Like she's got this other, like this change, this like good stuff kind of going on. And so like, it'll be a distraction. And she was having a horrible time. Like she was really not adjusting well to the change. She like really was having regrets about the move. She was really not enjoying it. And then 
she didn't have the opportunity to process those two things like separately. And I think when you go into a new city and we preach over and over and over again here that we're like, long distance should have an end date. We don't think you should, and not that you're moving there for her, like this was going to be long distance. But I think that there is something like independence is like the good word of like the, the op- it's the same thing as kind of being alone or like it's the empowerment of being like alone. And I think that you have the ability now to go into a new city without, without anything, not that she would hold you back, but you get to meet people and find out if they're going to be friends or someone you might have a crush on. And you're not going to like maybe second guess if you're going to like spend more time with this person because you don't want it to be disrespectful to your relationship. Like I think going into a new city, it's about your perspective of it can equally be both really scary, but also really invigorating to feel kind of untethered. And that puts a lot of responsibility and like onus on you of like how the choices you're going to make with your life. And I think that it's a scary, stressful, anxious, anxiety-inducing time. But I think that you will probably pleasantly surprise yourself with like who you are outside of this relationship as like a person because you don't really know. And I think that's a really, I think it's a really cool, empowering thing when you see people who've gotten out of long-term relationships step out into their own because you might feel really insecure about it. But every time I've witnessed a friend do that, I'm like, wow, this is like, I like love this person who you have like really become. Like you've learned so much about yourself even within a relationship, but it's hard. Yeah, I think this is a time for if you shift your focus or your perspective on it, this is your time to grow and learn who you are, not who you are as a couple. There's a lot of life-changing things that are going on here. You've graduated from college, you're going to grad school, you're going to a new city, and you're single for the first time in a long time. And there's a lot, of it, not just like with her, breaking up with you, but there's just a lot of shock here. Like there's a lot of things that are on you that from your like perspective, that was kind of like the relationship was something that was a constant in your life. And now you don't have that. And so I I think like looking at this from perspective of like, I'm that new bitch, like I, that person, like when you move into a new, like when you see it in like high school shows, when somebody moves in from a new high school and everybody's like, who's that? And there's like this mystery and intrigue. Treat your life like that. Like you're like the new hot shit that's coming into a new place. You're going to a new school. You're going to be around new people. Immerse yourself in the city. Immerse yourself in your building new friends, whatever like the culture is around your school. And who you are just like as an individual. And I think this is like a good time for you. Don't think of it as being dumped. Like this is like, I'm in my shining, like main character moment in my life. Well, something you said just sparked something in me where it was like, you call her, your girlfriend was your security blanket. And now you need to be your own security blanket. Mm -hmm. Like you are your security blanket. Like this is about you. You are the you are the constant in this. And like, yeah, this is your main character era. I hello, new city. Like I'm here to fuck shit up. And I Mm -hmm. think that like I never want it to sound like I have like I have like ill thoughts or I think negatively of people who are in long term relationships and I meet them. But I just know 
the experience, I didn't have a great college experience. Yes, we know that. But like the relationship that I had with my friends and like classmates, sorority sisters who were in long distance relationships was vastly different than the ones that weren't, that we were really kind of going through things at the same time and era. And at this time in your life, this is such a, I hate the term grind, but like high school is a grind, college is a grind, like all of these things where you're like working in it, where you look for your comrades in that. And I think it, it tends to be easier for people who are single to have proximity friendships because it's like, oh, we're all going out after like we study for this thing. Like here, do you want to come? Do you want to come? And as soon as you say yes to one thing, then that becomes like, a, okay, you met some people, then you might meet somebody else. Like I think the like the first steps to making new friends and like finding your way in a city. I mean, I think like I used to like sit, this was when I was like a infant, like not an infant because I could walk, but like when I was a little kid, I used to like go to the playground and I used to point to my, <laughs> point out kids that I like wanted to play with. And I would point to my dad and I, I would point them out to my dad and my dad would walk over and be like, hi, this is Megan. She would like to play with you. And then it would be like, then I was great. And I even I even took that into like high school and college where I would like see someone who like I really liked their outfit or they just like seemed kind of cool. Maybe I overheard them talking about something or they just seemed to be my vibe. And I would sit near them and be like, hey, like uh, I have an extra piece of gum. Do you want one? Just those things that like break the ice to have a conversation with someone. And it might flop like you might they mm -hmm. might not be cool. They might not be someone that you like. But I think the first time that you can kind of break that wall of like a social interaction with someone, that person might not be your next best friend, but they might invite you to something where you meet someone else and like saying yes to things, obviously within your boundaries and your comfort levels, but you will be surprised how close and how quickly other people are keen to make friends when they are also going through these massive life transitions. And I think that like, it's, I think it's really hard to make friends as an adult when you're moving to a new city for a new job. But when you're all in like a graduate program together, I think that that really breeds a bonding experience. And if we've learned from this podcast, if you are not in a heterosexual relationship, people use Tinder <laughs> to make friends. And <laughs> Melissa and I, the, we, the straights, were at it again, thinking it yeah. was sus and fucking weird. And turns out it's not. So that also, I, I doubt we have to, I doubt us two straight girls have to tell you that, but that is also apparently, I feel like I'm a 90 year old. I'm like, I guess that's a newfangled thing that the kids are doing. <laughs> but even like a month ago, I went um, to an outdoor dinner thing that my friend was having and I chose to sit at a different end of the table than my friend because I was like, if I sit next to her, that would be a crutch. And I haven't been out anywhere in the last two years. And I was like, I need to work on my social skills. So I sat at a different end of the table, talked to a few people. And I was like, these people, like, like, it was great. I actually got feedback, too, because they're like, oh, Melissa's great. Like, they told my friend, they're like, Melissa's oh, great. We really that. liked her, you know. And so it felt good gaining out my comfort zone. I also felt like kind of good being on. And also... I learned because I sat next to this other person that we had another person in common that had nothing to do with the group that we were in. But like when you sit down and just start talking to people, you discover new things and it was fun. Yeah. I also think if you can, if you're going to a city where you know someone who like grew up there or who like lived there or anything that like being set up on friend dates is great. Or if someone's mm -hmm. just like, hey, like I will never, ever forget. Candace, who like 
met Candace one day, just saw me and was just saw a very lost, very scared, newly 20 something who moved to Los Angeles and was like, hey, I like want you to meet some of my friends. And I was like, okay, literally picked me up from my fucking apartment, met the girl like literally like three days before and drove me and introduced me to like a group of like women who like I've known for so long in LA. And it was, and then she got back in on a flight and went back to work. And like, that is something too, that like a lot of people love doing, setting friends up and like setting people up. And if it's someone that you like have gotten along with, or they know your vibe, well, you're most likely going to get along with those other people. And I think Mm -hmm. that friend setting friends up on friend dates is like, one of the best ways that you can even just start to like get to know the city you're in to then like you go to a, like a restaurant and you're like, oh, this is not my vibe. The people who hang out here is not my vibe either. Like, let me see this like coffee shop down the road. It's just kind of about like exploring things and getting to like a lay of the land. And if you said you're an anxious person and something for me, like I like to be, I like to have as much knowledge before going into a situation. And sometimes I can't do that with people. And so I do that with like locations. Like I will spend time, like I, I'm not going to go to like moving into like college or moving in anywhere. Like I'm going to spend time like a week there beforehand just to like get the lay of the land and like see where my grocery store will be, see where these things will be, how long it'll take me to drive there and feel confident in my environment and kind of like understanding where things are and where I fit into it. So then the social aspect is more of a variable, but at least I've controlled and feel confident in something that I, I can plan and for ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's like Facebook groups or things about your graduate program with other people who are in it. And I think that it's hard to look at uh, a breakup as like a good thing. But I agree with Melissa said, like, I think this is like the be- going to be like one of the best things for you. And without a doubt, the timing could have been better. But I think that you have to like honor how you feel about the breakup. But then I think you'll recognize in like a couple months that this was like a really you wouldn't have wanted you wouldn't have wanted to go into this new city and this new life experience in a relationship. Yeah, I th- I personally think the timing is great, but I'm from the outside looking in. I'm yeah. not in it where I feel like. If I was in it, of course I wouldn't. But from the outside looking in, like you're getting a new, completely new start for everything. Yeah. I think the issue in any long distance, any long distance relationship, like if you haven't spoken about what you're going to do with a looming long distance thing, like that's a problem. Like mm-hmm. you should always know if you're inve- inevitably, even before you apply to colleges and stuff, like, or wherever you're going, like, are we going to plan to do that? Like it should always be a conversation, but it's also hard to expect. I definitely was not that communicative when I was in high school or like young, that age. So sometimes it is what it is. I think it can hurt and still be like a total heartbreak and a loss. I think this is going to be like really good for you Mm long-term. So I hope that wasn't too toxic positivity because that is not our vibe and wishing you the best. And if you're a part of our Facebook group post, if you feel comfortable about like, Hey, I'm moving to a new city, starting a graduate program. Like there are so many people who like have met up and like hung out in real life, like have become real, like Mm in-person friends, people who like have reconnected with like old, like elementary school friends through the group. But like, we even had some members who like went, went overseas and were hanging out with like other people. So like, that's a really Mm -hmm. great community. They have a text chain that we're not a part of. Yeah, we're not on it. (laughs) It's fine. Everyone's going to be Just like, joking. for the hundredth fucking time, you don't want to be on it. We know that y'all don't want to be yeah. on it because we don't it's read our you, text messages. No, Even we, here in our, when we had a little break between <laughs> podcasts, we both like were sitting there like, 
guess one is going to text the other. And then I looked at my text message and Megan had texted me like 10 minutes before. And then I texted her and she's like, oh, I don't know how I missed this. And we both were just sitting in these exact same positions, just like my camera and my mic was off. I was just sitting here playing Sims. Yeah. So texting is not our forte. No. Yeah. Wishing you the best. Next call. Hey, Megan and Melissa. I'm 19. My pronouns are he, him. I was needing some like life advice. I was going to ask for some advice on how to get started with acting. I always told myself it was something I wanted to do, but like felt like it was going to happen to be like this weird coincidence. But as of recently, I felt like I was like wasting time. So like I want to take the initiative to get started with it. So like I spent some time doing my best trying to research on how to get started, but like I feel like I'm falling short to find like something concrete. It's all very new, of course. Like I don't have an agent right now, and like I still have no idea on how to get one. Also, it seems hard to like find open call auditions that like don't require an agent. Of course, like I'm not expecting like get a big role with the snap of my fingers right now. It's like I have to do like a million commercials and like a bunch of background stuff for a bit. Totally prepared for that. Like I just don't know how to get to that part right now. It just feels like this big secret that people don't really share the instructions for. Or, like, I could just be looking in all the wrong places. And I just, like, feel so stuck in the mud about it. And I just, I know I have to be doing something creative with my life. Like, I want to be the person that entertains people, like, how others do for me. Whether, like, I manage to do something, like, with YouTube or give a chance with acting in the future, like, I need to do it. Like, I don't want to keep them from one minimum wage job to the next. I can, like, I'm fine. Like, I tried one year of college. Sucked. Definitely dropping out after this semester. Like, not for me. And I know there's not a bunch of jobs that are willing to quit, pay a month, a bunch without agreeing and yes i know like to be an actor you obviously don't have to drop out and like i know it's not like boom you're an actor now here's a million dollars but i'd rather be happy doing something that i find fun and intriguing being inconsistent pay than doing something that's like boring and dull with consistent pay and i know for a fact that this is something like i need to do and like if i'm going to learn to become a good actor like i need to manage to actually enter the world itself and i know that like i'm probably like one of like a billion people that's like yeah i can do it i can definitely do it you're writing this feels kind of weird but like I can't just sit and expect something to magically happen. Like, I need to take the initiative. Whew. Yeah, that was probably a lot. But, like, for some condensed questions, where do I start? How do I attempt to get an agent? In the meantime, how do I find open calls without an agent? And literally any other advice you may have. Also, I'm on the east coast of the U.S., by the way, and about three and a half hours away from New York, if that helps with anything. And if you have any resources or anything like that, like a DNU, that'd be great. Anyway, thanks for listening. And, like, if there's anything else, that like you need let me know bye i think first we start at location i was gonna say if there is a big <laughs> secret that no one's letting you in on everyone would be working way more yeah. than they are i as an overall like you're not missing anything like this no. is like how it is like i understand like i mean i think it's also like a lot of the things that we've been fed about like someone being discovered most of those are not real. Like they, they are made exist. up for PR stunts. And a lot of things with them that they haven't been discovered, they come from a family that is already in the business before. Yeah. There's only like a couple of like, and I'm, you can like find compilation videos of like, there's a couple of stars who like 
and most of the time it's people who sing like it's models and singers who have like these like crazy stories but like the Disney Channel story of like, oh, I was just like walking through a mall. And so it's like, no, that's not what happens. No. Like what happens is like you grow up in Southern California and like your mom or your dad is friends with someone, people who like work in entertainment and like you're at a holiday party as a kid and like you're just super personable and you're such a ham and like the parent's friend does commercial casting and thinks you'd be great because you're outgoing. Like that's how that stuff w- like works when it becomes to like randomly getting discovered. But other than that, like there's not like a trick or a hack or a way to do it. You do need to put in work though. And also if you want to, if you're coming into this industry looking for like a consistent job with a consistent paycheck, this isn't it, especially when you're first trying to break in. You're also not going to get an agent unless you've done work before. You can't just get an agent to get a job. Those are for bigger jobs. Also, commercials, you still have to have an agent to get a commercial. Those are also very competitive. So like thinking that like you've got to put in work for commercials first, that's not how that works either. No, but it is kind of like you need an agent to get a job, but you need a job to get an agent. Like Mm -hmm. it is a backwards system, but... Also, you said that you're like, I'm cool with like not having like a consistent work. I just want something that's like fulfilling and like makes me happy. And that's really fun. And I understand what acting is so fulfilling. It is like makes me so happy. It is so fun. But it's I don't think you know what not consistent means, because Mm -hmm. like now imagine you don't make a single money from acting for like three years. Like, what are you going to like? That is just kind of par for the course. Like it's. It is so fun when you're working and it's like the highest highs and the lowest lows. Like you don't have things sustain you. And it's so different in the pandemic that like I used to like talk about this with my other friends who are also actors where I'm like, you have different things that sustain you. So like a tape doesn't do much for you, but like sustains you for a bit, like in like an emotional mental way of being like, oh, I really love this. This is reminded how much I love this. This is the cycle. And then you then you do enough tapes that you're like, this isn't doing it for me anymore. Like, this is just like, I'm really feeling defeated and I'm not enjoying this. And then you get an in-person audition. You're like, oh, the rush this is so fun. I love like performing and like really working with someone like this is great. And then you do those over and over again and they, they lose their luster. And then you get the callback and then that sustains you. And then you get the director session and that sustains you. And you have all of these things that then carry you over to the cycle that starts all over again with the next tape and with the next, and like, that's what it is. But in the pandemic, it's not that anymore. Like Mm -hmm. it's just tapes and Mm -hmm. it's like submitting things into the world that aren't being seen by anyone. You don't know, you don't get live feedback. And it's even harder, unlike singing where you can like write your own music and like produce your own stuff. Acting is a much harder thing to do that for. And so the whole like, culture you can do it you can but in in different capacities as opposed Uh to like the way that i would suggest if you're trying like write like write something like the best thing like write something and send it to people ask if you can show them these things like find email addresses of places like find competitions that are doing like writing things and like write something and like submit them to like local things and like being three hours this is like such a i feel bad it's like such a harsh dose of reality but like being three hours away from New York is too far. You it's way need, too far. You have to be there. You have to be in New York or yeah. you need to be in another city that has like a local yeah. agency. But local agencies, you're better off 
walking into like calling a local agency and asking like, hey, are you looking for new representation of like actors? Here is you need to have like a reel. You need to have some stuff that you've done. And the th- the biggest thing, though, is that like, yes, there are things for you to do. And yes, you should take initiative. But initiative is not a full time job. And mm-hmm. like, it's not going to pay the bills. And unlike music and singing where you can like start and finish and produce and edit and start do everything all yourself with like a fuck ton of knowledge and training and not like every musician or singer can do that. But with acting, like there's not really necessarily a medium for a bunch of like one man shows that are self-written, produced and like distributed. Like it's just, you don't blow up on TikTok from acting. Like that's just Mm -hmm. not like a natural progression. And so like I understand the like hunger and like want for that. And that is something that everywhere, every actor who's working and every actor who's not working that I know who's been in the industry, like we all have that, but that initiative doesn't pay the bills and it's not a full time job. Like you can, you need to do stuff that pays your rent. And you also can do things that like you can apply for a job as an assistant at an agency you can apply for like anything that's even remotely close to that world. But even at the agency, they're going to want you to have a college degree if you're going to go that route. Yeah. And I think that like college can suck. And I think if I was going to go back in time, if I had the and this is not like advice I'm giving you because I wouldn't have been able to take my own advice. Like I didn't want to go to a conservatory like program at all. But I think if I went back now and I had the money to go to like a conservatory program, I would have done that because I fucking hated the academics of school and that didn't work for me. And so like, I wasn't fulfilled with my major, which was acting because it was, I just was taking all the same classes over and over and over again because I hated everything else. And so if you can, you can go to school for that. You can do, like, you can go to like AMDA. You can do something that's like a more intensive kind of acting program. But like, if you're trying to make connections in the industry and do all of that like doing like theater productions at a college is like a great way to do that especially if you're going to a school in a major city it doesn't have to be like NYU like you can go to a community college in a city that has an an entertainment industry and do productions there or if school is really not something you want to do then you you have to move well, you have to move and you have to have yeah. money and you have to mm-hmm. like be spending then thousands of dollars on acting classes. And then you're spending money on intensives in private. So then the teacher really likes you and the teacher will introduce you to people who can get you an agent. Like there is a reason why nepotism babies happen in Hollywood so much is because like you either need to have a whole other fucking job and career and do this on the side and pursue this passion on the side as you build up connections and you build up your resume and all of that, or you buy your way into doors and like, it's not giving money to casting directors, but like you spend a fuck ton of money on the top acting like coaches Coaches. and Mm -hmm. you take their classes and through there you meet other people who are in similar, like similar people who come from like affluent backgrounds who also have connections. And then you spend a lot more money to have that teacher really like you. And then they put you in showcases and then they introduce you to agents. But Mm -hmm. then you might get an agent and you might not work. Like you might not get auditions and you might get auditions and you might not book them. And I think that like acting sounds like I'm not I'm not saying that you don't have this at all. 
you have that mentality that I think like everyone who wants to be an actor has. And if you have any doubts at all, and this is something that you have anything else you would like to do or anything else that would really fulfill you, do that. Because like you have to be a little off your rocker to like want to continue doing this. Like it's like constant rejection, like constant feeling bad about like all of these things that like it's a that sounds so dramatic to be like, I do kind of think it's a curse like that, like when you want to do this kind of thing, like, because like you're putting your mind, your body, who you are as a person, like everything is up to other people's input and like thought process and like what they think about you. And it's, it's a really personal industry. And if there's something else that will make you happy, then I don't think this will make you happy unless it goes perfectly. You know, mm-hmm. like there's so much more hurt than happiness in this industry. And it's taking the good with the bad. But if there's something else that makes you happy, the good's not going to be that good. Like it's it's just it's just not. And yeah. 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 The entertainment industry as a whole, it's just it's a lot of rejection and you have to be prepared for that. There's all there's a lot of spending money. So you're, you're going to have to have either come from money or be prepared to work a lot of hours. And then on top of those hours, I remember when I first moved here, someone told me if you're working a 30 hour job, then you need to be putting 30 hours into your craft too. And I was like, what the fuck? But like, it makes sense. Yeah. It, and I think that like most practical advice is don't move to LA and don't move to New York. It would be moved to like North Carolina, like Nashville, North Carolina, like maybe Yeah, like Chicago, like move Mm -hmm. to a smaller city or even like Jersey. Like there's lots of different like smaller industries and cities doing this because I think the way to know if you want to be in this industry is to get an opportunity to work in some form of the industry, whether that's reading with being a reader at a casting office or being a temp or like a floater, like an assistant at like a small agency um, or working under like a management company. But you can't do that in LA or New York. Like that, those jobs are coveted and they go for college grads. Yep. And then you also- And it's usually you have to know somebody that knows somebody that works there. And you have to basically like go into debt being an assistant. And mm-hmm. there's a like a, the vast majority of assistants at the big agencies come from money because you're getting paid minimum wage and you're working way more hours than you're like legally allowed to. And mm-hmm. then you're also it's the old school thing of like you're not getting promoted for 10 years because that's just how things are done. And so like if college is not in your future, which is fine. I think that like, you don't have to go to, I didn't go to college, but you also have YouTube too. Well, that's the reason, only reason why I dropped out and I could drop Mm -hmm. out is because I could afford to. And you then either need to have to, you either need to come from money or you need to do it in a smaller pool. But I, I think it's really, really good for everyone to have an insight of how management and agencies work to know if you want to be in the industry, to hear about how people talk about actors because you're mm-hmm. not protected from that. Yeah. Like, and I'm somebody that's behind the camera. And the way that, like, I got into everything. First of all, I went to, after I graduated from college, I came to LA several times working on student films. Like, I would just email them and be like, hey, 
do you have anybody to connect me with? No one did that at the time. Probably still no one does. And they were like, yeah, here. Then they put me on lists and stuff. So I worked on student films, saved up money, then came here. It still wasn't enough money. And, you know, I will check my privilege. Like my parents gave me money and I went to school at UCLA and UCLA's program. But also while I was doing that, I was doing a lot of internships. And again, intern at that time, internships were free labor. Like you didn't get paid for internships. Now it's against the law. But at the time, I wasn't getting paid for that. But again, checking my privilege, the other kids in my program that didn't do the internships didn't last here. They left because they didn't have the connections. I got enough connections that then got me an assistant job, a receptionist job, then assistant job. And, you know, it just like rolled over. But like, and I was also like working TaskRabbit <laughs> at the time too. But again, I still had assistant from my parents. So if you don't have the money, then, you know, I there are people that come here and work their asses off and, you know, take the classes and stuff. But it's very hard. It's very hard. The connections and, are the biggest thing. And truthfully, like, I love my friends who've done that. It's not been worth it for them mental health wise. Mm -mm. Like, it's hard like it's so fucking hard and i think that like if you just want to go to college and use college like you like, do student films at your school like make mm -hmm. connections that way get internships through your school and those connections through there like you don't have to like quiet you don't have to graduate like you can literally right. use college to work for you and i think like that is I something I wish I would have. I mean, I it didn't work out at the school for me for various reasons. But I think that like, that is something that I, I wish I would have done more. It's like use that like do the student films, like do the internship, like keep your grades up for what you need to if you can't go to a conservatory. But if you can go to a conservatory, then like, yeah, just do the things that you care about and the things that you really like, because it is a huge financial drain, suck and risk to to bet on yourself. And initiative does not almost everything is out of your control like that's just mm -hmm. like the sad truth of it like there isn't a way for you to like get becoming an extra there's all these like fucking romantic stories of like oh how to become an actor like you do all these commercial auditions you become an extra like that's not like extras don't no. get extras are promoted. their own thing yeah it's completely different industries completely different casting like mm -hmm. everything's totally separate like you're not, you might be a featured as extra where they ask you to like do something, but all you're going to learn from extra work is how sets work. I think it's valuable. I don't think you should not do extra work, but I don't think it's not a stepping stone. It's just like, mm -mm. A cr it's just kind of like reading a book on like how a set works. It's kind of like shadowing or a field trip. Like that's kind of just all it is. And commercials, yeah. if you want to work in commercials, like you have to work your ass off equally as you do for like, it's called theatricals. It's commercial and theatrical. You then are just doing that and none of those connections will cross over. And like, no. it's just two separate industries. And so I think that there's a lot of like romanticizing how actors happen and how they come to be on like, and I was given that exact same advice. Like, this is how you do it. You work this many extra hours and then you become like a featured extra and you'd be really nice to the people who have walkie talkies and then you'll get a line. And then after that, you'll then the project will flip union and then you will get sag and then all like, it's just that just not how it works. As background actors, you if you're going into audition for theatrical stuff, you would not put any of your background work on your resume because that's just not, they're not the same industry. That's like, if I had any experience, like going to work like for Apple and 
putting like podcasting on. I guess that actually does have some crossover, it would, but like. It would be like I used Apple, like I, I've like been into an Apple store before. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah. okay. What like, does it have to do with this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was going to say like, I've known other people, like I knew this guy that he wanted to work in like the lighting department. And so he became a background actor and then would study what the lighting department was doing and then once he so then he didn't have to like go to school or something but he learned it and then would like chat up some one person that he saw like an like a pa that was working in the lighting department and chat that person up and that's how he worked up but that's as an actor background actor you do not talk to the featured actors like well yeah you don't (laughs) you're not even the same area like you're kept in a different area yeah, it'll either like make your day or it'll like ruin your week. Ruin like it. yep. <laughs> it's just and I don't think that YouTube is like a wrong stepping stone to take, but like it's a side stepping stone. Like it's it's a parallel industry that there can be crossover just because you're in the public eye, but it, it it's not really like a door. There aren't really doors mm-hmm. into the acting industry. Like there are closed windows <laughs> that you try to kind of get through. And then one time that someone gets through one window, that window's boarded up and that you, no one right. can get through that one again. Like it's just, and again, I the, the reason why it's romanticized and there are these stories of how this happens in Hollywood and getting discovered is because the vast majority of these people come from a fuck ton of money and connected families. And that's not as romantic of an idea mm-hmm. or an ocean to talk about. But I think that if you think about it, didn't you shadow like a dentist and realize like, I don't want to fucking do this? Yeah, I worked at a dental office and I, I, I enjoyed it as like that. But then when I got to college and then worked and then was taking classes, I was like, I absolutely do not like this. I yeah. I So I think that like, if you can get on like doing any extra work, going to like literally look up like local casting calls for like non-union extras, all of like, I did that when I was in like gr- growing up in San Francisco. I did that like in LA when I first moved. Like, I've done all of that stuff. Like you can do that and then try your best to get on a set so you can just like look and see like do you like that like if you've never also if you've never acted on camera before it's so different than like live acting in theater and if you really liked theater before then like pursue that like there are so many different view like ventures and there's a lot of people in Hollywood and entertainment who like thought they wanted to do one thing but wanted to do something else and so the mm-hmm. best way that you can the best way and most affordable way to do this is to actually figure out what avenue you're interested in without before you spend thousands of dollars on like a dream that is such a like it's such a dream and such a I I think I'll like this because it's it's so different than you think it will be you might love it so much more or you might be like oh this isn't how I thought and I actually realized that I like the fantasy more and maybe I want to write like I want to immerse myself in a mm-hmm. story and you're not immersed when you're on set like it's just like you're no. not it, it's not like it's it's very much a job that's exactly why I came out a few times I think I worked on like three or four student films before I made the move here so and that's exactly why I did it because I was like I'm gonna be immersed and they were at AFI so like that's a really good film school And so I would work as a PA, as a production assistant, and just like do my work, but like watch. And then because they were students, it wasn't like on a professional, professional film set. 
where like you don't talk to people like I would, you know, afterwards go hang out with people, like ask questions, see what they were like, what they're interested in. And then also a lot of things that I thought were things that I wasn't into there, like or things that I had no clue what it was or I had this notion of what like a director did. I was like when I got on set, it was completely different than what I actually thought. So it's interesting. Yeah anything in life you can't know that you want to do it unless you've actually done it in some form yeah and I think that that's somehow sometimes when we end up committing to things for far longer than we would have is because we feel like sunk cost fallacy and like this doesn't even this advice doesn't even span to just this but like whatever you're going to do and the choices you're going to make career things that you want to pursue for your life trial run like drive the car before you take it off the lot like everything like know what you're getting yourself into before you feel like you're too far gone they're committing something so you don't really like yeah it's it's just a risk and i i can't stress enough how much i would not recommend it to people who have other things that they would like to do this city will break you and that's why like i remind people when you see like actors doing like speeches or doing weird things and i'm like yeah there were theater kids grown up who have like literally been broken apart by this industry and then like and you expect of course everybody's not okay like of course they're not yeah. okay <laughs> so good luck break a leg luck. i should say yeah break <laughs> a leg uh, should we take a break yeah How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Okay, I have two new obsessions that I need to share with you. Impress No Glue Press-On Mannies and Impress Press-On Falsies Lashes. Trust me, these are getting ready game changers. Both require no glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes, no mess, and no annoying dry times. Just one step and you're done. Boom. Instant glam. Visit impressbeauty.com slash presson and use code PRESSON25 at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? 
elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood-rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time, and I just got my... I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, a, a secondary of my package. And I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function, there it's like elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious like it's it's so good i've even like had it on like ice and been like i'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there oh and and it's it's delicious it's so good and i just i love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like you know medically need some electrolytes but also if you're working out if you're sweating hot summer day you're going to an amusement park you're on your feet for a long period of time all of that um most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need yeah i drink mine specifically when i am working out it's my beverage while i'm working out i just take one stick of the hydrate mix it in with my bottle of water 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there they also have the all-in-one shakes which i absolutely love i'm running low so i gotta get some more but um i love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have 310's four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code BLAMEME right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code BLAMEME. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available and I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also 
curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is, it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like wait this, I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley. And we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The ministry of time is like, people are calling it like, if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. from our break and we're getting to the rest of the calls hi megan and melissa i love you both so much but i'm going to jump right in because it can be kind of a long story i am 21 years old she her and i am the youngest of three siblings my brother he him is 26 and he has a son and my sister she her is 30 and she has three children of her own over a year ago, my sister took off with a random man that she met on Tinder and left her three kids and husband behind. Since then, I have become like mom for them. I take them to school and pick them up. I make their lunches. My niece has curly hair, so I do her curly girl routine. And I also help my brother-in-law pay for daycare and preschool tuition, which, if you don't know, is very expensive. And I also pay for the school clothes and school supplies. This might sound kind of bad, but I'm definitely the realist in my family, and 
my sister has always kind of been a bad person, honestly. And so her leaving sucked, but I didn't really put it past her. I am from the Midwest, and so this isn't super out of pocket for her here, unfortunately. But her new boyfriend is very racist and homophobic and just all around a very gross person. And the absolute opposite of everything I am about. My partner and boyfriend, he, him, is Mexican and we've been together going on five years. And so I will not allow him to be subjected to that kind of contact. And so it's been difficult. My family has always been very close. And so my mom and brother kind of tend to talk to her and pretend that things are normal. And to be honest, their lives haven't changed much much since she left. I'm the full-time college student juggling a full-time job and co-parenting two kids, not them. I am trying to put up boundaries, and I have a lot because my sister talks a lot of shit about me. And I don't understand how she does because I'm the one raising her kids. So I don't really know how that really works out. But I do find that because of how forgiving my mom and brother are, I feel like I'm constantly known or, like, seen as, like, the bad guy, even though I know, like, how I feel and what I'm doing is, like, right for me. I know that, but I still can't help feel that way. And I also find myself, like, wasting a lot of time thinking about how upset she makes me. I want to add I am in therapy, so, like, I am getting help. I've been in therapy a long time, but I promise there's more to the story, like, a lot more. You could ask my therapist. (laughs) But, um, yes, I'm just about out of time. So thank you, guys. Literally any sort of advice you could give me. I don't know what you could, but thank you so much. I love you guys. I just want to say that if anyone's watching and was confused by my face when she was like, I'm from the Midwest, this happens a lot. That was the precursor to he's like homophobic and racist. I thought that was so people tend to like leave their families (laughs) for people they meet on Tinder a lot. And I literally was like, hi, I've never heard that about the Midwest. I thought the same thing. (laughs) I was like, okay, if that's that's what's happening. Okay. I don't know what's happening over there, but I get I was going to have to take your word for it. In Northwest Arkansas, where I am from, which is it touches the Midwest. It is the South, but it does touch the Midwest. And I personally know two women that left their families. It's an epidemic. Yeah. So it I, like that was it. It was like when she said this happens, I was like, OK, like, I mean, based on my add this to the other ones. And yeah, yeah. so far, just yeah, I feel like me knowing two people, two whole people that did this, that seems like a lot. So Midwest. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Midwest. Nice. No. Midwest. Leave your <laughs> husband and kids for someone you met on Tinder. <laughs> this is a lot. OK. I mean, obviously, I my initial follow up question is like, I initially thought that the sister was just gone, gone, like hopped off a plane, like LAX, dream and cardigan, bye kids, never coming back. But it seems like she's a part of your life. Like she's still like your mom and your brother still talk to her. Like it sounds like I don't know if she's just like a like verbal, like a long distance part of your life or like is she like close by and in your orbit because of proximity or just because of like is your just your mom and your brother talking to her because like if she's like nearby I would have so many questions like why I mean this isn't necessarily like the advice like you really want to hear but I mean I think in 
if you have set boundaries with your mom and your brother about like, I hold a lot of anger towards her for what she's done. And like, I love these kids and I co-parenting is hard, but it is something that I'm like committed to doing because I really love and care about these kids. And so that is what I'm doing. But like, I am not okay with maintaining a relationship with both of you while you are actively maintaining a relationship with her. And like, I hope that she gets the help she needs and like things can change and get better. But I think it's wildly like disrespectful to like everything that she's put us through and her kids through for like you to kind of have this like forgiveness attitude towards her. And if you're going to do that currently, like I, for my own mental health, need to step away from these relationships because like you can't make people feel away about a situation that you feel. And sometimes people's feelings are wrong. Like sometimes people are wrong in these situations and she's getting through all this unscathed. And like, that <laughs> is something that I think is like wrong. Like, I don't think that that is correct. And I don't think that's right. And we all have our own boundaries. And it seems to me like your brother and your mom have put up their boundaries as like financial. So their boundaries is they're not going to help their niece and grandchildren, their, their niece and nephews and grandchildren financially, and that they are going to have boundaries with them versus boundaries with your sister. And I think that that's the like wrong choice. I don't think that you choosing to co-parent them is not having boundaries. Like we all pick and choose where our boundaries are and like what's our priority and like what's important to us and like your boundaries with your sister. And therefore, the people that you need to surround yourself with have that need to have that same boundary. And I think that, yes, we need people to like respect our boundaries, but you can't make someone respect your boundaries. You can only tell them what your boundaries are. And then it's your job and your responsibility to then follow through with those boundaries. Like you're the only one who can honor your own boundaries. So if someone breaks that boundary, passes that, then I don't want to say you can't fault them because you can, you can fault them and you can blame them, but then you're the one who's enforcing them. And that's by walking away. Like that's really what boundaries are. They're not about other people. They're about us and our choices. And it seems like from like your full-time student, full-time working, co-parenting, financially supporting, it doesn't seem like you are financially supported by your family. And I think that it's natural for us to want to make familial relationships work, especially when there's like turmoil in other parts of the family. But like sometimes things, shit happens all at once. Like sometimes things all blow up at once and sometimes people don't step up when you need to step up and you don't have to accept less than you deserve and like less than, you don't have to like concede on your boundaries because you had to, you cut out another family member of your life and you have to hold on to these other family members. I, I think that it doesn't have to be forever, but I think you're probably going to stay in this really mad, active emotion towards your sister phase if you are with people who you know are on good terms with her. Because it feels like they're condoning her actions that you are, you're in, you've internalized her actions. Do you know what I mean? Like you, like you're stepping up and like taking her spot and you're seeing, you're seeing how hard it is and you're you're knowing you know that you are not a replacement to their mom and so you know that it's hard for them and you're internalizing all of this and then when you also have people in your life who you know 
know that you're going through all of this and are still on good, have a good relationship with her, that feels like, fuck you. Do you not see everything that not only that she did, but what she's put me through and what she's put these kids through? Like, it just doesn't feel like your value systems are aligning. But I guess unless the kids still have a relationship with like their mom, I I just think that like, if you cut out the people who have a relationship with your sister, her boyfriend is kind of obsolete to me in that way that like, unless again, like you're in the same circle and the same area. And in that case, maybe that's just having a conversation with the kid's dad and being like, we're going to need to schedule this more. I'm not going to be around my sister. I'm not going to see my sister because I can't guarantee that I'm going to be cordial or kind. And I don't want the kids to see that. So like, I'm financially going to help and support. And then we need to coordinate if she's going to be around. I'm not going to be here. And like you and I need to make a schedule for that. I was shipping you and um, her husband for a bit until you said you had a boyfriend. I was like, are you going to get married despite her? That would be awful. Um, (laughs) But you said a lot of things that I was thinking. I think mainly I just want to say that I'm so thankful and I'm sure the children are too and the husband that you're in their lives and I don't know if this is something that he wants to do but like child support does exist (laughs) if he wanted to put her on child support then he could but then there that might open up custody things but it doesn't seem like she wants to be around anyway so put up boundaries with your brother and your mom um and with the husband you know and just keep being the great aunt that you are yeah it's hard last thing i would say is you brought up saying that you feel like the bad guy you're not the bad guy at all and i think that anyone who makes you feel like the bad guy is not somebody who should be in your life and whose input is a wrong and also unwarranted and not helpful and just know like no one who makes you feel that way in this situation should be a part of your life and i think that adults try and do a lot of things for like the sake of kids and try and like protect kids and all of that and like i will just say that kids are smarter than anybody gives them credit for and the most important thing for a kid is to be surrounded by people who love them and right next to that is surrounded by people who love each other friends mm-hmm. who love each other, siblings who love each other, families who love each other, a person who loves themselves to an extent, like someone who like, if there is more than one person around the kid, the relationship of those two people is like vastly important. And I am just not here for people sacrificing. I think co-parenting is really hard. I'm not saying that's what's going on here, but if it is like, if not you and you're not you and your brother-in-law, but if the kids are being like, if your mom's watching them sometimes, like your brother and like maybe their kid's mom is back in the picture at any, like we value co-parenting as a society and it's talked about. And like, I think it can be done really, really, really well, but it is better to be done. Not at all. If it's not done well, it's just not. And like the same thing with relationships. So it is better if your nieces and nephews, if you cannot stand your brother and you cannot stand your mom, you cannot stand your sister. It is better for one of you to remove yourself from that event or that situation then stomach it and like power through for the kids in that moment because they will know. And it's better to have people who are happy and loving them around them at that time than have everybody all at once if it's not a good or healthy environment. And that can change day to day. Like Mm -hmm. 
And that's how you protect kids. Like you don't protect kids by giving them this idea of a nuclear family. And you don't have to stay with like and tolerate deadbeat people or like toxic people and all of that because they have a relation to those kids. Like it doesn't mean that that relationship will be positively impacting their life. So yeah. And I hope you like have like a bathtub and like you can take bubble baths or like you have like a meditating app or like something that you're also doing some self-care for yourself besides therapy. Like I love therapy. I think therapy is self-work. I don't think it's self-care. And I think that it can be caring to do that for yourself. But I think if you need to like treat yourself in other ways too, because you're you're doing a lot for everyone and you need to also like do something for yourself that's not necessarily for the betterment of you for five years later or the betterment of like, you know, digging deep into trauma and all of that. Like that's all important, but so is like watching reality TV and ordering your favorite dinner. Like those things that are like good for your soul too. It's been me all week. Yeah. I here's the thing, like after I would have like hard fucking therapy sessions or whatever, like I'd be like, I'm taking the day off of work and I'm doing these other things because like that what I just did there didn't feel like self care. Like that didn't feel Mm -hmm. like that felt like hard fucking work. work. And like if you ran a marathon, you would then like tend to your wounds and like recover afterwards. And I I just we are so overbooked and we're so fucking busy and just like constantly like on this like hamster wheel that we think of working out and we think of therapy as like self-care when both of those things are like strenuous activities that are good for us long term in most cases, but are not self-care and we just don't have the time to do both. So, right. But sending you so much love, I would love my nosy ass would love a callback to like hear more about the situation and maybe we could give you some more pertinent information if we knew more about how like the current parenting situation with the mom was but these kids are like really really lucky to have you and so is their dad and honestly so is your sister yeah all right well it's time for don't blame them yes we did less calls this episode if you can't tell because we talked a lot so just letting you know Time for Don't Blame Them. This is where a (laughs) listener will call in with their own advice pertaining to a call we had on a previous episode. So maybe they have personal experience with it or they have some additional insight or maybe they've been in close proximity to a similar situation and they want to uh, give their own advice. Hi, Megan and Melissa. Longtime listener. Love you guys. So I am a licensed clinical psychologist, been in the field for quite some time. I have supervisees, meaning I clinically supervise um, people in school, getting their hours in various placements. So I'm commenting on that caller who has a very unethical supervisor. We don't call them mentors. A mentor is a whole other thing. In the realm of psychology, they're called clinical supervisors, and that's what this man is or is supposed to be. So as a supervisor, you are meeting with your supervisee usually one hour a week. That is what is required per every 10 clients that that supervisee has on their caseload. So it might be more if their caseload is higher. So within that hour, you are solely focused on 
that supervisee's clinical work. The operative word there is clinical work, not their personal life. The only time a clinical supervisor should be commenting on someone's personal life or even asking them about it is if it directly relates to that particular placement or client that that supervisee is talking about. An example would be, wow, I've been working with this client who really reminds me of my mother. So the clinical supervisor might say, well, you know, say a little bit more about that only to help the client with what we call their counter-transference so that they can understand their own reactions to that client in relation to feeling like they remind them of their mother. Hopefully that makes sense. So, yes, this person, this man who's asking her to call every day and all that nonsense, way, way, way over the limit. What I would do or what I would suggest that she do is tell her school. So they have to have some kind of placement where they help the students. They place them in these different clinical um, agencies. That's my suggestion. Don't see them anymore. Hope this helps. Okay, bye. So this is from season nine, episode 21. The title of the episode was Sparks When Dating. This makes total sense to me. Yeah, it does. This is thank you for calling it because this was very insightful. Obviously, this is something that we don't have experience with. I thought it was we both thought it was like overstepping and doing way too much. And now that we have like a professional letting us know what this actually is, it gives me the it already gave me the ick. But this is even more. Yeah, everything, everything you said, because, yeah, we had the inclination. But thank you for giving us. The fact that like this is like a a specific title and like the schools are involved and like there is there's standards like there is something that is like expected and like kind of an outline of how things are supposed to go and what what's asked of people and that we thought even without all of that it was overstepping but now knowing that there is kind of like a way that this is supposed to go that is I hope that the caller uh, original caller feels like confident knowing like how to report this and what to look out for in future. And I, I, I would mm-hmm. assume that like this kind of stuff, like even when there is outlines of how things are supposed to go or they're more facilitated or more hands-on by like other parties, like people take advantage of that stuff all the time. And like they prey on people who are, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but like ignorant or not knowledgeable about the situation because they aren't, haven't had experience yet. And it's kind of like when you date someone who's a lot older than you and they set the stage for what relationships are supposed to be like, your first job or like internship, all of that stuff. Like people can abuse that power because they know that you don't know any better. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm really thank you for giving us this insight. And I hope that anyone who's we have know a lot of people who listen to the show are going into like psychology and different facets and iterations of that. And so I hope that you can like share that information with like friends. And if you are in school, maybe talking to your teachers about how they talk about these clinical supervisors and like maybe asking your teachers to add it to the rubric when talking about it or how these things are supposed to go. Because I think it, from an outsider, it seems like a, maybe this was a totally isolated incident, but it seems like this could be an ample place for uh, people to take advantage of. And even if it's just like doing their work for them and like asking too much of them, like 
not emotionally or not like inappropriate out of work, but also just like asking too much of them workload wise and like Mm -hmm. not being it's not what it's supposed to be. So communication. So hopefully that this doesn't happen to people because this is like a really confusing thing and leaves a bad taste in your mouth about like the profession you're going into. Yeah. I also loved your energy. <laughs> Came in. You're like, is, is she mad at us? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm a psychologist. I was like, oh, do you hate me? It's like, no, it's like, no, 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 no. no. It's not at us. Long time listener. I always love when someone that works in the mental health field listens to the show. It's that. And then when hairdressers recommend our show mm-hmm. to their clients, those are primo, primo. And when people like get their partners to listen to the show. I love that yeah. too. Yeah. But we're a soundtrack to a road trip. We love to hear it. <laughs> That's it for this episode. We hope you all enjoyed. If you want to leave a review on the podcast app, we would absolutely love that. If you want to sign up for our Patreon and support the show, please do. We have live streams there twice a month. They're very fun. That's our $5 tier. And then for $1 a month, you can watch the video versions of the podcast. You can see our facial reactions. And I'm personally a podcast like watcher. I listen to podcasts, but like if a podcast is a video option, I love to opt in for that, especially when I'm like cleaning my room. And it feels like that meme of being like, haha, me just hanging out and talking with my friends. Like that's really how I feel with it. Yeah. Melissa's going to read a review. I am. And this is from Angie, smiley face. And it says applicable to real life. I feel seen by this podcast. Melissa and Megan, she spelled your name wrong, but was yours fine, right? right? Okay. Mm-hmm. 50 per- we're okay. We take yeah. what we can get here. <laughs> Say the things we are thinking. From patriarchal power dynamics to how to deal with your boyfriend's mom, Eminem have you covered. And we'll be spilling tea on how those seemingly disparate topics may wor- very well be connected. It's a six out of five, to be honest. They'll Aww. take you along to all the cringy, deep places, but it's always fun. A wild ride from beginning to end. That's like a movie review. <laughs> like, I love that. Thank yeah. you. So if that inspired you to leave uh, a review, please do it. If you've left one before, you can leave one again. Like, no one's mm-hmm. no you one is stopping it. you. Yeah. yeah. Even if you voted before, you can go do another star. Every time I open the app, I click another five star on it. So As you should. Um, and if you are listening this long to the podcast comment your favorite nepotism baby (gasps) yes that's a great one comment your favorite nepotism baby and is it Maude Apatow because I feel like most people's will be or Margaret Qualley who else who else is a good nepotism baby there's so many there's all are yeah it's like everyone is in some way wait I just found out one of my favorite artists is a nepotism baby and I had no idea who? Gracie Abrams. Her dad is J.J. Abrams. As soon as I saw her on the list, I just saw Abrams and I go, no way. Her dad is J.J.? And I scrolled out. Her dad is J.J. Oh, Billy Lord is a good one. Well, yeah, she comes from a long line. <laughs> yeah, and I like that one. line. Well, because I like, mm-hmm. I, I, I love that family of, here I'm having to scroll by everyone who, I, who has beat me out on roles. So... <laughs> But doesn't that make you feel better knowing that, you know, mm-hmm. they had an insider thing and it wasn't you? It does. It always does. Yeah. Miley Cyrus is one. Well, yeah. I know one that I like. 
Okay. I was like, yeah, yeah, of no, course. Obviously. <laughs> obviously. Her godmother's Dolly Barton. Like, yeah. Right. But no, I that's my favorite. So is yours um, Rashida Jones? I think the Jones family. Just the Jones family as a whole. I think my last one is Chet Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even say, I couldn't even commit to the bit. Whew. I'm learning so much. Oh, Drew Barrymore. I love her too. Okay. Um, uh, goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Don't Blame Me is a production by me. Executive produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Edited by Coco Lawrence. Post-production sound by Chris Henry. Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Music by Ryan Hunter and Giacomo Picasso. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.